But uh, it's great to have you. Who's enjoying the new year? I've got something new for you. Start off my message for today. Everyone ready for it? Because New Year's, new things. I've got, a, I've got a, a test for you, something to try, all right? A bit of a, I'm going to do a bit of a trick, practice my magic. Everyone ready for it? All right, think of a number. Don't tell us. Don't tell us. And you probably don't want to make it too big a number because there will be maths involved. So, But think of a number. Now I want you to double that number. So double it. So if it's two, go to four. Then add six to that. Add six. I'll give you a moment because a few of you might take a while to work it out. So you've doubled it. You've added six. Now what I want you to do is halve that number. So halve it. That means halve it. In between, you got it. And now subtract the original number you thought of. All right? No, don't say anything. That number, I'll tell you right now, let me just think, is three. Is that pretty good? Is that good? Is that right, Steve? Hey. Pretty good, eh? Amazing. Now you guys are all going, what? How does that work? Now I don't want you to think about that anymore now. I want you to focus on my message. But uh, I shared that because always at the start of the year you think of new things and new stuff happening. And um, I remember towards the end of last year Matt shared about how we do prayer space. And um, at one of the prayer spaces your pastor actually discovered a new way to pray. Can you believe that? I know you think I know everything about God and I know everything about praying in the Bible. I know the Bible, you know, I've memorized it back to front. I know you think that, but that's not true. But um, I actually discovered a new way to pray. And it's really interesting. Um, When we were preparing for prayer space, uh, we were... Uh, looking for resources. I was looking for resources to help people in the prayer, in that prayer space. Thanks, thanks, Brooklyn. Um, and I'm still waiting for Vicky to bring her prayer stations, but we'll work that out next week. Next week. Oh, that's right. I have to mention that. Um, but uh, I came across something as I was researching different ways to pray. I came across something called a prayer journal. And as I looked at that, I thought, this is great. This is something that ladies will really love. Oh, I know I said it. I'll be honest. That was that, that thought. Yeah, I know, it's, it's a bad thought. I understand journaling is not gender specific, that as men we can journal as well. But for me personally, I just have never enjoyed journaling. It's just not something that's floated my boat. But... um. So that thought did come into my head. Oh, I'll, I'll, we'll put this together for the so the ladies have something to do in prayer space. I'm sorry. I'll just be honest, and please forgive me. God has dealt with me, and He is uh, He has uh, made me realise the error of my ways. Because I was one morning at prayer space, I was trying to pray, and nothing was happening. I just thought, I just feel like. I can't connect with God this morning. Maybe it was because it was six o'clock in the morning and I was half asleep. I don't know. 
but I just was struggling to really connect. And I got this still small voice in my head, as you all would be aware, and this voice said to me, why don't you try the prayer journal? Ah, okay. I was pretty desperate, so I thought, I'll try anything right now. So I sat down and I started journaling and, and started to write stuff that was in my mind because there was lots of stuff going on. And, and, uh, and I, I know you might be surprised by this, but, and you think, surely you have realized this, but I've actually discovered it was a really effective way to connect with God. And one of the things that I found that was really powerful for me is that, and you know, people have told me this over the years, but I'm a bit thick, so it takes a while to get in. But uh, I, as I read back what I had written in this prayer journal, and we, I didn't actually bring one here, but we, if you come on a, on a Tuesday or a Thursday, they're available for you to use and to take home. And uh, I, I read back what I wrote, and it was as if God was actually, I wasn't actually speaking to God, but God was speaking to me. And so today's message was something I wrote in my prayer journal that I really felt wasn't just for me, but was for us as a church uh, at the start of 2024. And the, the passage that God gave me was um, one of, as I was writing, the passage that God spoke to me through was one of my life-defining passages, one of the passages that is one of my favorites. And as I meditated on it, it was really interesting that God revealed to me something new in this passage. You know, God is always doing something new. And, and, uh, and, and it was different to what I'd experienced before. And let me just say this, and it's pretty appropriate to say this at the start of the new year, is that sometimes we want to see change happen in our lives. Isn't that right? And it's often very appropriate and very real at the start of a year. Who's done a New Year's resolution? You're all too mature to try that stuff, aren't you? You've failed enough times that you've given up. <laughs> but we all think, oh, new year, new me, I'm going to change stuff. But let me just say this, that sometimes if we want to see new things happen in our life, we actually need to try new things. Use my prayer journaling experience to motivate you. I had never prayer journaled before, but when I did, I discovered something new and something really exciting and a new way to connect with God. And so let me encourage you that they say, you know, stupidity, the definition of stupidity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Why don't we try this year something new? Why don't, as a church, as you as individuals, why don't you try a new way or new ways to connect with God? Maybe it is coming along to prayer space. Maybe it is going along to a grow group. Maybe it is getting involved and volunteering. There's some ways, but maybe it is also trying something new in your prayer life or in your Bible reading or, or whatever it is. Maybe it's reaching out to different people, and, but trying something new. And maybe in that space, you will discover something new with God as well. Amen? So the scripture I want to share with you today is only a short scripture and it's found in 1 John 4, 4. And I won't get you to stand to read it, but we'll just read it together where it says there, read with me, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. 
Now, I remember the first time God spoke to me out of this passage. It was actually, I was on a pastoral retreat. I had just began uh, in paid ministry. Uh, I'd gotten a job in the church I grew up in as a, a youth pastor and uh, we'd gone on, it was a big church so there was a number of us and we'd gone on a retreat and we were praying together and God dropped this scripture in my heart and began to really reveal something to me. Now you have to understand at that time I was just entering into what I had always believed God had called me to but also I was a very different person then to what I am now. I was still carrying a lot of baggage and a lot of luggage from my life. You know my story. Many of you know my story. I was like, my mum raised me on her own. She raised five kids on her own. I'm the youngest of five. My dad ran out when I was about two and a half, three years old and abandoned us. And so I was carrying a lot of baggage from that stuff. We grew up in a time when we were very disadvantaged. And even at that time in, in my own life as a child, I sadly experienced child sexual abuse from someone and it was just a, a tough time and and so I was entering into what God had called me to but to be totally honest with you remembering back to that time I had a serious victim mentality I was always blaming every, everything else and everyone else for me not getting what I wanted to get does that make sense and uh that was the reality of my life. And when God revealed this scripture to me, the thing that jumped out at me was the fact that he had called me to overcome, that I have overcome. And so it was literally a transforming moment for me. My whole approach to life changed because I realized that God had called me to overcome. Let me say this. I don't think this church would be here, the poor church would be here, and I wouldn't have pioneered it if I hadn't had this revelation at that time. Because it taught me to look beyond myself and look to God who had called me to be an overcomer. Because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And that was a really important breakthrough for me. It was a really important change. But fast forward 25 years later. Whoop, sorry, that's my phone. 25 years later. That's right, it's that long. When I wrote this passage down in my prayer journal, I'm like, it's very clear in my head. I knew it was about overcoming and that sort of thing. But the thing that jumped out at me was not the fact that God had called me to overcome. But the thing that jumped out in my head was the first two words in the passage. What does it say? Little children. Now think of this, I, when I think of this passage, I always think about overcoming. But when I read Little Children, I said, why would the writer say Little Children? Because in my mind, Little Children aren't overcomers. Anyone else realize that or think that? Little Children, to me, if they don't get their own way, they throw a tantrum. Isn't that right? Who, who knows Little, <laughs> little Children are really good at dropping their bottom lip. Is that right? When they're not getting what they want. They're not ones that, oh, I'm going to persevere and push through. That when I was a little kid and we were playing Monopoly, if I wasn't winning, I'd flip the board. <laughs> I actually did that when I was an adult as well once. But <laughs> not long after we were married. 
But the fact is, when I think about overcoming, I don't think of little children. So in my prayer journal, I began to ask questions about that. I said things like, how can a little child be an overcomer? And then that made me think also, does that mean that maybe in the kingdom of God, the pathway to overcoming is different to what I think or I see in the world around me? And then I got to the point where I said, are there lessons I can learn from children about overcoming? What lessons can I learn from children about what it means to be an overcomer? See, this passage is clear and gives us a really clear foundation that in the Christian life, we are called to overcome. We have overcome. And I'll share with you just some points about this passage to help us understand what it's saying. Because what 1 John 4.4 explains is that being an overcomer is all about who we belong to. That means we are God's children. And as our passage said... Little children, you are from God. So who is, we are the children and God is the parent. And we have overcome because of who we belong to. Being children of God, we have automatically overcome. The second part says that being an overcomer is all about who is in us. In other words, think think of this. At salvation, the Bible teaches us that God gives us the Holy Spirit. And He is the one who empowers us to overcome. Romans 8.11 tells us that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, so the same Spirit that helped and enabled Jesus to overcome sin and death, is the same Spirit that dwells in us, that Jesus has given to us at the point of salvation. And will help us overcome as well. And the final thing this passage teaches us is that being an overcomer is all about the greatness of the one who is in us, not our own ability or greatness. It's really important for us to get a hold of that. Because sometimes we think, I'm, I'm an overcomer, so I'm going to work hard and I'm going to strive and I'm going to be like, I'm going to channel up the greatness in me to do great things but in God's kingdom our greatness is not because of us it's because of the greatness of the one who is in us the one who we belong to the one who is in us the great God who has chosen to dwell in us so to put it simply God the passage Being an overcomer is all about what God has done for us. Being an overcomer is all about what God has given us. He has given us everything we need to overcome. Isn't that great? And so he has adopted us as his children. And we have, the Bible teaches us that we have inherited everything required to be his children. So if God is the parent and our part is to be God's child then my question is, what is required or what is necessary for us to be God's child? In this passage for 2024, what is it about being a little child that will help us overcome 
whatever 2020 has, 2024 has for us. So let's look at this morning. I want to share with you three things that we can learn from little children about overcoming. Three things that we can put into practice in our life this year to see it um, in a way that God can use it to bring great victory and, and purpose and hope to us. So the first thing about little children is little children are dependent. From the moment we are born, we depend on our caregivers for pretty well everything. Isn't that right? Um, Peterson tells us that the first language we learn as a, as a baby is the language of intimacy. That language is that language of a, a little baby whose parent knows what that noise means that it's making. Because the baby can't speak English or can't speak any language other than, you know, you know a, a, a certain noise or a certain look on its face. And the parent goes, oh, I know what's wrong with it. I'm going to help it. It's that, that idea and, and to the point where even when the baby cries, the parent usually more the mother than the father, but the parent knows, oh, the baby's hungry or the baby's in pain or the baby's got colic or the baby's like, and they can then re- respond to it and, and nurture it and help it and meet it at its point of need. And this is the exciting thing is that in from this place of dependency that uh, God has placed us in, it's different to any other animal in in nature all other animals walk pretty well as soon as they are born and they, they don't they they're, they're able to be more independent than uh, than we ever are we can't walk till we're at least 12 months old and uh, and so we rely on our caregivers for everything and and it made me think why would god do that why would god make us so dependent and the thought that came into my head is that it's this idea that God would make us so reliant on others to remind us that there would be this thing in us, deep within us, that would remind us throughout our life that we need others. That we always need others. I was talking to Julie this week and she read an article about loneliness. And this article was interesting what it was saying because they said the sense of loneliness is actually not something that should be considered negative. But rather, when we feel lonely, it is actually a trigger within us to remind us we need to reach out to others to help us, to be with us. And so we often think, oh, I'm lonely, and we, we wallow in self-pity and go, no one loves me, no one cares for me. But that trigger within us is actually the need for others. And where, did, where was that birth? That was birth when we were born as little babies we relied on our caregivers for everything and that that was the first language we learned is that if we cry out for help we will receive the help we need isn't that right it's a really powerful thought because for many of us here when we acknowledged our need for God that deep-seated need for God and found God and 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 became Christians, that was the starting point of our relationship with God. But the amazing thing, as Judy shared this morning, is it doesn't stop there. 
we're continually needing God. We're continually needing to draw close to him. We're continually needing to rely upon him and to depend upon him. This is what God has called us to do. And so when I talk about being dependent, I'm not talking about the fact that we need to get up every morning and say, God, what do you want me to wear today? Or we need to be so reliant on him. Oh, God, what do you want me to eat today? Which cereal should I have? If you live in our house, there's only one cereal, so you don't get much choice. But you yeah, eat that. But it's not, I'm not talking about that sort of dependence like a little baby, but I'm talking about an understanding that everything we have is a gift from God. And so that we should be acknowledging God in everything we do. We should be acknowledging, acknowledging him as our source of everything. And that we need to rely on him and depend on him and, and consider him in all that we do. You know, I shared last year about the fact that God began to speak to me through nature when I was going through a, a challenging time and especially through birds. Anyone remember that? You know, interestingly, that's become a bit of a theme for me that I'll see a bird and God would say, I'm with you, I'm, I'm here, I'm amongst this, I'm a part of this. And we were out with Jack and Gloria the, on, the, on Friday night. We were going to look at um, something for their wedding. And as we're driving along this country road in, in um, the Barossa Valley going to Anguston, I look out into the field and there's, a, there's an owl hovering in the field about to dive. To, and it's just hovering there. And I said, and Gloria saw it and looking at it. And she goes, oh, wow, that's amazing. And I'm like, in my heart, I'm like, God's in this. God's there. He's like, there's that picture of the owl hovering and it's just that sense of just knowing God is there. And this is, I really believe, this is the type of dependence. It's, it's not so much about knowing that I, I need, or it's, it's, it is about knowing I need God for everything. It's not saying I can't do anything without asking God first, but it's a sense that God is with me and that God is wanting to be involved in everything I do. And, and so how do we depend on him? We depend on him by acknowledging his presence in our life and being obedient to those little promptings like, why don't you try a prayer journal? Those sorts of things. The second thing we learn about little children is that little children are trusting. Now, dependence and trust, they're, they're connected that you can't separate, they're inextricably connected. They can't be separated because you, you can't have dependence without trust and trust without dependence. Trust is the natural fruit of dependence. Think about your early development again. And as our parents provide for our needs, we learn that they can be trusted that they will help us and they will be there and they'll, they'll and say, so, you know, you cry, you're hungry and you can't say anything else so you cry out and your parents come and feed you. And, it's that, and in that moment, there's the bond of trust that happens. And this is the thing that we learn from children is that it's the importance of trust. Now let me say this and I'll say it really carefully but sadly, the lack of this sort of provision by our parents can also cause us to learn not to trust or cause us to mistrust. I'll use my own example. When my dad walked out when I was two and a half meant that I was always worried that people were going to abandon me. 
And so it was really hard to build bonds of trust with people because I was always on guard and defensive and, and worried because I thought they're just going to let me down like my dad let me down. And it's taken years of, of God's work in my life to bring healing to that. But that's how important this idea of dependence and trust is. And, and learning to trust God is essential to overcoming. Now, trust comes naturally for kids. And I'm going to try something today, and I haven't preempted this, but so you never work with kids and animals. But little Luca over there, where's Luca? Hey, Luca, Luca, do you want to come up here with Uncle Benny? Come here. Come here, mate. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Hey. Didn't take much, did it? Want to say something to the people? Go on. There you go. Isn't that beautiful? He's a cutie. Now, I, I did not preempt that. I did not plan that. But Lucas saw me. I called him. And he came running. Isn't that amazing? That's how kids are. They're trusting. This is what God is calling us to this year. Is that unbridled trust. That God would say something to us and we would come running. They would go, God, whatever you want, God. I want just want to be with you. I want to be in your arms. I want to be in that place. Now, Luca knows I've, I've never done anything to harm him. I've only ever done good to him. And so he was not afraid to come running into my arms because he knew I could be trusted. And this is what God wants you to know this year. He wants us to know this year. He can be trusted. He can be trusted. And so when he asks, when he calls... We need to come running. Amen? Is that good? Do you want to go back to mum? Or do you want to stay with me? Go back to mum. Well, that worked. I was worried about that. This is the thing. Overcoming stuff in our life and getting through stuff and and the difficult things that happen will never be possible until we learn to trust God. And learning to trust God means learning to do things the way God asks us to. Let me just give you one example of that. This, inc- this incredibly challenging thing, but the thing that will be good for your life, this idea of forgiveness that when God asks us to forgive, that when we do it, we will, when we trust him enough to know, okay, God, I might not fully understand this. I remember this whole idea with my dad forgiving him. I was like, God, I don't know if I can, but you're asking me to. I will. I'll do it as best I can. And it brought great blessing to my life. It brought great change. But this is the thing. If... To trust God, we need to be prepared to take him at his word and be obedient to what he is asking us. So if he's asking us to, when Jesus said, love each other as I have loved you, then we need to say, God, I trust you in this. 
I know that person is really hard to love, but I'm going to try my best and love them because that's what you're asking me to do. And I know the pathway to overcoming, the pathway to change is trusting you. So I'll trust you by loving others. Does that make sense? And as we spend time with God, that he will speak to us and he will show us stuff in his word and we will need to respond. And sometimes those things aren't easy, but we need to take the step of faith and trust him in them. The final thing this morning is that little children are honest. Who knows that's the truth? If you ask a child something, they will brutally give you the answer. Isn't that right? So mothers, never ask your, parent, your children if you look fat in an outfit because you'll probably hear the truth. But kids tell you as it is. I remember uh, as, a, as a little girl, Emma, um, I'd say to Emma, Emma, you're so beautiful. And she'd go, yep, I am. She, she thought I was telling the truth and she believed it. But she, if my dad says I'm beautiful, then I am beautiful. The kids are just honest. They, they, don't, they don't muck around. They give you the honest answers. And I, I have a sense in that that that's part of us overcoming as well. That if we're going to see change and transformation in our life this year, we need to learn to be brutally honest with God as well. That means bringing everything to God. Not hiding from God, not, not hiding our shortcomings or our mistakes, but bringing it all to God. And, uh, and the, the reality is, I think Judy touched on this this morning in communion, is that sometimes we don't see God can't change things in our life because we're not being completely honest with him or completely open with him and, com- and completely vulnerable with him. Uh, use the example of Jesus told the story of the prodigal son. It wasn't until the prodigal son came to his senses and realized, you know, I'd, even the servants in my father's house eat better than me and got up and made his way back to the father that then the father was able to help him. And sometimes for us, we need to get to that place where we go, I can't do this on my own anymore. I need help. And we come to God and say, God, I'm at the end of my rope and I just, I give it all to you. This is it. This is me. I need your help. And, uh, and that, that's about, and I, I have a sense that for us this year as a church and for, as individuals, it's about being completely honest with God from the get-go. No more excuses, no more trying to hide stuff from him as we always try to do. But being up front with our mistakes and our falling short. Because I really believe we overcome by being honest with God about everything that goes on in our lives. There's a really powerful scripture in 1 John 1.9 which says, If we confess our sins, he, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us all our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's really powerful because we often like to or, or get caught up focusing on our sins and trying to change them and striving and trying to think, God, I've just got to do better, I've got to do better, I've got to do better. Whereas what God says to us is, just be honest with me, 
bring them to me. And if you're honest and confess them to me, I will be just and faithful and forgive you of all your sins. So the answer is not trying to change. The answer is coming to God. Coming to him with our, all of ourselves. The good, the bad, the indifferent, the, all of that stuff. And just saying, God, you get all of me. Even the stuff that isn't pretty. And I, this, this whole idea, this honesty, is something we say about children is that children are also because they're so honest so trusting so dependent that makes them very vulnerable and in our world vulnerability can be often seen as a weakness but in God's kingdom it's actually a an amazing strength that as we would be vulnerable and transparent and open like I shared with you earlier openly about my victim mentality and my problems with my dad and these things I don't I'm not hiding that stuff not, not, I'm not up here because I'm holier than holy. I'm up here because God has called me to do this. And so I'm just being obedient. And, and so I'll be real and vulnerable about who I am and what I'm about. So just in closing, and I'm going to ask the band to come back. I strongly believe God really wants to remind us this year of who we truly are in him. As this passage said, we are his little children. And this is the key to remember who we are. God is the parent, we are his children. And so as his children, we need to come to him as dependent. We need to come to him as trusting. And we need to come to him as honest. And when we do this, we will discover the power to overcome in our lives. It's not about us working hard. It's not about us striving and, and trying and doing our best and doing our best and, and in all our own strength trying to make it work. But it's rather about depending and trusting in God and what He has done for us. Jesus said it like this. Oh, back to my passage. One last scripture, Sam. Oh, that's it. Jesus said it like this in Mark 10. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, remember Jesus is God, so this is God's attitude as well. He was indignant and he said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Do you get that? Who's the kingdom of God belong to? little children and then Jesus says these powerful words truly I tell you anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child what's a little child dependent trusting honest will never enter it and he took the little children in his arms placed his hands on them and blessed them You know, our passage said, he who is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Think about this. How do you become a Christian? How do you be, be saved? It starts with simply being honest with God, saying, God, I need you. 
bit like that prayer that Judy read from the Psalms, create in me a new heart, a clean heart, a, a heart that trusts you, that depends upon you, that's honest with you. So why don't we bow our heads and take a moment to invite God in a new way, in a fresh way.